idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Not a single solitary rationale. For- huh. Well, when they, t- when they show you who they are, believe them. I told you. He said it. Was, he said it. He didn't say assault weapons. What did he say? He said semi-automatic weapons. That's, I told you, that's what all of this was only ever about. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, tryptophan and out here, dude. Can, is that possible? I still think I have. I, gosh, I ate an ungodly amount of turkey. It was like, you know, within an inch of sin. It was real rough, man. Welcome back to the show, your lovable curmudgeon. Uh, I want to get in it because that's what, I mean, they're, they're, it's always only ever been about semi-automatic weapons. By the way, if you're watching the simulcast of the, the radio program, you can listen to the radio program coast to coast. If you're watching the simulcast, we had a quick wardrobe change because it was 40-something degrees in Texas, and you all know that I cannot live in an environment that is below 60, right? We, I, have, I react in a, in a visceral manner. So I had a sweatshirt on. Now it's 60 degrees, and our studio gets hot. There are lights. There's machinery. I am very sexist in the very patriarchal way I run the temperature in this room. This is the only room in my house that I can control the temperature. And, yeah, I have a studio in my house. And so Kane and Juan, God bless them, they're, they show up in, like, polar fleece and everything else. And I am dying. So I, I just had a, a changey quicksie. So we went from a tiger to Metallica. So it's okay. But for those of you watching, because I know I'm going to be like, what? What's go-? They'll think there's some kind of continuity in the show. They'll think something happened. Like, wait a minute, is this actually live? It is live. It is. It's just, your girl got hot. It got 60 degrees outside. I don't know what else to tell you. All right, so uh, a few things here to unpack. So that was the president in Nantucket. Did you see the selfies he was doing where he was like sneaking up behind school children? Even if that, I don't care if it's the president of the United States or not. Still, I don't like being, I, I don't have my back to windows, but I also don't like being snuck up on. It's just weird. He was, uh, it, but he made that. I thought that is million dollar audio right there. He said, yeah, we, it's crazy that we still allow the purchase of semi-automatic. It's never, ever been about any kind of assault, anything. It's only ever been, that's what I've, I've told you this. This has only ever been about, uh, all, all semi-automatic. That's what this has always ever been, only. All semi-automatic. It's kind of rich to hear him say the words, we allow, we still allow. Who the hell does he think he is? We still allow? I don't know. I mean, what do you mean still, yeah. We still, we still allow? allow the semi- What do you mean? You don't get to, you don't, that's not up to you. Though. Right. It's not up to him. Never has been. Not up to him. Hmm. So... I have a million things, uh, I'm, and I'm behind on some stuff. J- I just want to make sure that I get into everything, so so bear with me here. So I was telling you, in uh, China, they've been having major, major protests. Like, uh, they had, I'm waiting for them to roll out the tanks. You know it's coming. And this, it got kicked off, and I was telling you the previous hour, due to this fire in an apartment building where they locked people in. They have this insane obsession with, uh, what, uh, what is it? Forgot it. COVID zero. They have this obsession with COVID zero, level COVID zero. And so they locked these people in in an apartment building. There was a fire. They wouldn't let them out because of the coronavirus. And so now there are, they say 10 fatalities, but I've heard 40. And it included 
and by when I say I hear 40, I mean, that's what all the people who live there and in that area, uh, it's in uh, the province where they have the Uyghur camps. That's what that's what's being reported uh, in in the area. That's what Chinese nationals are saying. They're saying, no, 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 that, that's all propaganda that they're saying it's only 10. It's like four times higher than that. And it did include young kids, little kids. And so that started, that kick-started all of it. So in a number of different areas, number of different provinces, they've been having these protests. And they also, check this out, I read, to tie this into the World Cup stuff, they're avoiding showing any, so in China, the TV is censoring any game that shows fans that don't have face masks on. So I don't know if you've been watching any, that's, how, how do you not show that? How do you, how do you show the game then? How is that even possible? They said FIFA's tightly controlled the vision uh, and every nation gets the same feed except for China. Uh, China's, it's China Central Television, CCTV. They're, they said that they've been intercepting vision from the tournament and doctoring crowd shots by using a 30-second delay. Vision showing, they said that uh, any maskless fans, any footage of maskless fans is removed because they still face harsh restrictions under their COVID zero. People have been locked down for like three months. They sit here and they talk about the cases, but you know what you never hear in, when, in the context of these cases? And this is very similar to how our media reported it here. Do you know what you never hear? You never hear the severity of case. You just hear, well, it's X amount of cases, but you never actually hear about the severity of the case. You just hear about the the positive cases oh it's a positive case you don't hear anything else uh but there have been there have been comparison shots of what china gets and what everyone else gets and man it is it is something it's something else and they said that this so it's been a, this almost a 30 second delay province there they've had protests in shanghai beijing and that even journalists covering it are assaulted by police. Now, meanwhile, in the United States, JetBlue will not hire anyone who is unvaccinated, but they will hire a violent felon to fly planes. A couple of places for this, uh, including uh, Daily Wire as well. They said that some JetBlue pilots are outraged after an airline hired a violent felon to fly planes because they won't hire anyone who hasn't been, uh, quote-unquote, vaccinated. They hired this guy named John Perry's. He's, he was in prison for nine years. He broke into the home of a judge and attacked his daughter as she left the shower. He was released in 2014. He's on felony probation until 2044. So you can't, they won't hire a pilot who's unvaccinated, but they will hire a violent convicted felon to fly the plane, no less. I will never get on a damn JetBlue plane. Oh, no, no, no. I would rather yeet myself into the atmosphere before I get on. A jet blue plane after this. This guy got charged with burglary and assault with a deadly weapon in, uh, in 2005. He broke into the home of this judge. He beat the judge's daughter, who was his former fiance. He beat her with a metal baton. She was in the shower. She was walking out of the shower, and he attacked her. Uh, he had knives, all kinds of stuff. He had a shovel. He was ready. I, it sounds like he was ready to bury some people, like literally. And... They actually will not, they even say on their job application that, quote, new hire employees must be fully vaccinated prior to the start of training. They, now, it's okay if they're violent felons, <laughs> but you got to have your 
your shots, all of your injections from the government, all of your government injections. It doesn't actually prevent the spread or transmission. By the way, speaking of which, it's actually now a pandemic of the vaccinated. Even the Washington Post, I can't even believe I'm saying this, even the Washington Post says this. It's no longer a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It never was a pandemic of the unvaccinated either. It never actually was. So apparently in August, 58% of the fatalities from the coronavirus are people who were vaccinated. Huh. They say, oh, it's a troubling trend. You think? It was always ever that. In the beginning, it was just a pandemic. Now, the people who complete, who can, everyone, I'll say this. I had the virus. I contracted it in nature. And I have had friends that have had, I don't know how many shots and boosters. And two, actually, all of them have gotten it more than once. Have, contra- have, got, have come down with coronavirus more than once. Um, three of my friends have gotten it repeatedly. And they're all, and, and most of them, like two of them, it's because they, one, uh, one of them has a, a elderly parents living with them and the other, they had to do it for their job. And in fact, they had to do it because the husband works in medicine and the wife is in administration, medical administration. They both had to, they both had to do it. So they made them do it. Um, but everybody, I, it's just, it's wild, wild. I keep hearing stories like this. It's, it's pretty, um, and it was blamed on the unvaccinated, like in the early days of it, too. Just, just you know, Fauci was asked whether or not he could name any studies showing that masks work against coronavirus, and he couldn't. This was after audio last week where he said, yo, you need to be able to, you need to be able to wear, you have to wear your mask to help reduce transmission. But there are so, so many studies, numerous studies, showing that they don't actually work. But when he was asked point blank, no, it doesn't. It, uh, he couldn't give you any answers. Now, a couple of other things uh, I want to make sure that we're hitting as well. I on it, what, was, what in the world went on over Thanksgiving weekend where there were so many freaks, so many people who engage in deviancy? I'm talking about the Balenciaga ad, and then I'm talking about this uh, weird, weird piece in Washington Post that... It was so it's a it was a review of a play about pedophiles. So the Washington Post reviewed it and they described it as brilliant. This is how, literally how it starts. Quote Take a deep breath and try to ruminate calmly on the position playwright Bruce Norris takes in his scintillating new play, Downstate, that the punishments inflicted on some pedophiles are so harsh and unrelenting as to be inhumane. Twitchy has a whole bunch of reactions to this. They say that it's made thornier by the drama's most disagreeable character, a victim of Fred's now grown up and portrayed all too irritatingly well by Tim Hopper. And they're talking about the victim of one of the pedophiles. I cannot believe that this, wow. And they add, and yet Norris proposes a variation on this proposition at Off-Broadway's Playwrights Horizons. He is questioning what degree of compassion should society fairly hold out to those who've served their time for sexual abuse, assault, or rape. Well, 
my answer to that would be, I don't believe that we can reanimate people from the dead because I believe in the death penalty for all those crimes for predation of women and children. If you're raping someone, if you're a child predator, you're a child abuser, then you need to be put to death. So you would have to reanimate those, those people. This is what the Washington Post wrote. This was an editorial that they had, a review of a play. This is why people are talking about grooming, because that's grooming. There's, there's no dispute. Now, this plus the Balenciaga thing, man, I'm telling you, there's a reason why certain people are trying to, trying to prevent others from using that phrase, like the groomer phrase and all of that. If you, well, if the shoe fits. We're going to talk more about this because the, the Balenciaga ad was incredibly creepy. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Elon Musk announced that if Ron DeSantis were to run for president, that he would support him. This is another thing that happened over Thanksgiving weekend. He made the remarks on Twitter in a response to a tweet about how the political left was so angry that he allowed former President Trump back on the platform after he was banned in January 21. And he said that he was fine with Trump tweeting or not tweeting. He said that it was a mistake to ban his account. And he said, as a reminder, he said that he reluctantly voted for Biden. He said, but freedom of speech, he said, when Point Blank asked if he would support DeSantis in 2024, he said yes. Very interesting. Uh, Michigan Department of Education instructed teachers on how to create a gay straight club. Yay, your tax dollars at work. According to the Daily Caller, they provided educators with materials, uh, trainings and resources, uh, how to get the club up and running, etc. I mean, what do you talk about in a gay or lesbian club? If it's all centered around sex, what do you... (sighs) Bob Dylan apologized for machine signed books. This is... I can't imagine anything more ironic than this headline. Bob Dylan apologizes for selling machine signed books advertised as handwritten. He says it was an error in judgment. He regrets, he said, having sold limited edition copies. I've never had a machine sign my books. I would just like for you to know. He's, of course, he's Bob Dylan, though. He said that it was it, it boasted that it was hand signed, but he said it was actually a machined signed version of his own signature. And he's working to rectify it immediately. Wow. So ironic. Wow. Uh, also, this is crazy. A plane crashed into power lines in Maryland and dangled from the wires after trying to land from New York. It happened near Montgomery County Air Park in a suburb of D.C. The plane was identified by the FAA. And apparently, I mean, that's to be hanging on the lines like that. They said that they didn't identify the pilot nor a passenger who were trapped. Everyone was alive. No serious injuries. But they said it was severe because, you know, they could have moved or adjusted themselves and the plane could have also. Dallas. I know. Dallas and Texas. They're considering banning all gas-powered lawn equipment because of the noise. And also maybe the environment. They're trying to figure out the impact on uh, gas-powered tools. They're developing plans to phase those out. That's going to be expensive and stupid for a lot of people. So coming up, the little GOP issue that transpired over Thanksgiving. We've got to discuss that. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk Mm -hmm. to you about it, which is not correct. 
But they're they not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn and they're very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. Jeez. Could this guy stand for them any harder? That's Anthony. I don't need to tell you. It's Hoggle from uh, Labyrinth. Sorry. It's, it's Fauci from. Well, you know, welcome back to the program. Your lovable trip to fan out curmudgeon here with you, Dana Lash. I just find that logic insane. So the reason that China, according to Anthony Fauci, hasn't been forthcoming about the origins of the, the virus and the pandemic and the lockdown is because Trump criticized them too hard. You mean the people who shot and killed students in Tiananmen Square? Those people? Really? The, the cultural revolution, those people? I mean, the Mao, you know, the Mao communists really were, it's because they were criticized and they, it hurt their feelings. And so they decided not to, this is the, this is the, the tyrants that, the same tyrants that banned Winnie the Pooh. It's because the Trump administration criticized them. And so they didn't feel as though they should be very forthright. Maybe they shouldn't be tyrants and be killing people and be communists and statist, however else, whatever else negative, any kind of negative descriptor you would like to assign them. I, that, that's such a dodge. They haven't been honest about the origins of the pandemic because they're communists. That's the nature of communist tyrants. They're not going to be honest with you when they screw up. And to sit here and, and put that yoke on, although I will say, he did get some pushback. Well, they weren't, they're not actually being forthright with the Biden administration either. And he's like, oh, well, the horse is out of the barn. It's still, it's, no, it's because it's that's Xi Jinping. That's who they are. That's, that's who the commies are. I just, that was a really pretty messed up, in my opinion, soundbite that Fauci had just then. Now, speaking of World Health Organization and ridiculousness, et cetera, I got to share this story with you. You're not going to believe it. But tis true. So uh, you guys remember monkeypox and everyone criticizing the World Health Organization and other institutions for seemingly having more interest in the optics of it all rather than saving lives. Okay, but there's more. The purchase of one slap chop, you get another one. The World Health Organization is apparently going to use impox for monkeypox to tattle, to tackle the stigma. I mean, almost there. It's almost a Hanson song. Mm, pox. That's what they're going to call it. I'm not kidding you. This is actually a real story that Reuters published. Yes, actually this morning. Early this morning. They said they're going to start using the new preferred term, mm, pox. Mm, pox as the synonym for monkey pox. And they are urging other people to follow suit. Because, now remember, they didn't want to talk about it originally because they didn't like the stigma about, you know, how you get it. I got another name for it that I really... You want to know my other name? I do. Yeah? It's called... Uh, I, mean, it could, I mean, it could be... There's a couple of other things that it could be. Yeah. I mean, because that... But they said at first they didn't want to talk about it because they were worried about the stigma that they and they were the only ones who placed the stigma, by the way. I just happen to know they were like, well, we didn't want to we didn't want anyone to think that it was an STD, particularly 
amongst individuals who like romantical times of the butt variety. We did not want to give anyone the impression that we were stigmatizing that, you know. So they were very concerned originally about those optics. Now they said, now it's changed. They said, now that the current name for the disease is racist. The World Health Organization is saying this. So they said, I don't know why it's, I, did anyone think about, no one thought anything about race until the World Health Organization was like, everyone think about race. Okay, so we're thinking about it now because you brought it up. They said that because they're, they're changing the names up. They said both names are going to be used simultaneously for one year. While monkeypox is phased out. So see, you can use mm, pox, bit, ba, da, ba, da, and also monkeypox. You can use both of those. But we're going to phrase the monkeypox one out. Then people are going to be like, what's the M stand for in monkeypox? I mean, impox, sorry. Really? You people are utter morons. No, we, we don't want the unky in it. So we're going to take that part out and leave the mm. It's just... It's just that now. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. No, no, you got to now. I've got. I mean, feel like we need it now. Mmm, pox. You got to take the unky out because the World Health Organization says now all of a sudden it's bad. No one was thinking about it. No one even thought about it. But the World Health Organization is here, putting the racism back in racism. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense just as much as taking the unky out. I mean, who sits there? They're sitting there at a board meeting with Dr. Tedros, a guy with basically two first names as one first name. And let's see, he was just writing out that, that verse until he gets to the chorus. Wait, Wait I'm waiting on, on him. So, yeah, here is this. We didn't know we were going to go here today, folks. You know, we just thought this was going to be a really easy show. We're going to recap you on all things wokery. I didn't know I was going to be telling you about this. The we don't, not, don't say the unky part. It's the same thing. Same thing. Just don't say Unky. <laughs> That's why isn't that there for? Is that a handsome follow-up should, song? Don't say Unky. Yeah, don't say Unky. I don't know how that. I forgot how that melody goes. But that should be really, you know, taking the Unky out of Mpox. So can we, this is like a South Park skit. So if they think, let's just like go along with it for a moment. So if they think it's a slur, right? They're saying that it's a slur, which I've literally have never thought. Again, they're talking about a virus that seems to be predominantly spread by bump and rumps. (laughs) That was the name of the album by Hanson. That was the album name. So... (laughs) the turkey (laughs) what else to say oh for real though let's be serious we're talking about health and you people are not taking this seriously let me get let's get back on track we're talking about serious medical professional things here science Science and and professionalism so it is as i was saying it is a virus that is spread predominantly by romantical activities of the Heine variety and they that I mean at first they didn't want it to they they didn't want to call it really anything 
because they thought there would be a stigma. And now I don't know where race comes in. So I just think like if you're saying a slur, isn't this, I mean, let me just ask the question. Isn't them saying that it's impox the equivalent of just saying like a slur, but taking it out and just leaving the first consonant, right? You're, you're keeping it still, right? So you're still saying it. M still stands for monkey, right? M is still monkey. Yeah, I mean, the M is in there. Okay. Now I wonder what Monkey Bop song was from uh, Hanson. So, I mean, it. So, are people going to go, well, what's the M about? Yeah, it's clearly monkey. <laughs> but you can't say that. You can say the M pox. Mm. Can I just, isn't that just sort of in the parlance of our times? That's the equip. So, that's just like. If you're still saying identifying as that, isn't that like just saying, you know, consonant word or whatever, just like a slur, right? So it's still a slur. So you're still using the slur because you're a bigot, World Health Organization. You're a damn dirty bigot with your mm, pox, bit, ba, da, da, do. I just, is that going to make people get it less? Calling it impox. Is it going to no. make people get it? less i don't think so think guys it's less contagious we took the yunky out i think there is specific behavior that leads to it spreading less yeah we can't talk about that because that's the world health organization not educating us so we have to st- we're the we the reason that people are getting it kane is because the unky was in it i see the unky made it more contagious Does it, made it contagious doesn't sound like science that when, is science when you say it like that it's the same science that says that an individual with a frankenbeans is a woman it is the same science sir got it there you go i'm just saying it's starting to make sense now i you know that's why it's contagious it's big, now it's going to stop they solved it it's gone now you don't have to worry about it just saying now, meanwhile, in China, they've been protesting. Did you hear the story of really how these protests kicked off? So there was an apartment building. It was an apartment complex. And apparently some people tested positive and a fire and they locked all the doors. They locked everybody in their houses. And then their fire broke out and it killed like 40 people, including little kids. And they wouldn't let them out of the locked apartments because I guess they thought it was better for them to burn to death. Then, because they have this bizarre COVID zero, which sounds a lot like Coke zero, but it's not. It's less tasty. But they have this COVID zero uh, tolerance. That means no COVID for anyone. And there was this fire at this apartment complex, killed 40 people, I read, including children as young as three. Horrific. And... Well, 40 were injured, 10 were 10 fatalities, including the young children. It's just, it's awful. Awful. And so the revolt has, has swept. It's their biggest uprising since Tiananmen Square. People were locked down for three months because of this. The deaths ignited protests in, what, nine cities, including Beijing and Shanghai. And people have been, temperatures are below freezing after dark. People have been, uh, the blaze broke out in the, in one of, in the province where the Uyghurs are, it's where the Uyghur camps are located. And it's infamous for the repression of those peoples. And they, 
I, I mean, it's amazing. The videos that have come out from this, there were fire trucks that fell short of the building. Rescue teams were stymied by pandemic control barriers. Parked cars had been abandoned by drivers forced into quarantines. Uh, people were screaming. Uh, no one was able to help. I mean, you could hear people screaming, burning to death in the street. It was awful. And young children. So, in fact, though, the rumors are going around that they say that the fatalities are four times higher than what is being reported. And so people are livid at the Communist Party leaders. And so they're going out and they're, protesters are being arrested. And no one's burnt. Here's the thing. This is the difference between the Antifa and then the protesters here. No one's going out and burning buildings. No one's. No one's going and they're not doing anything except actually holding pieces of paper with messages and they're actually, they're protesting, they're chanting, they're organizing. And they're being arrested. They're being hurled into vans and they realize the danger. We're going to talk more about this with Stephen Yates. This is his area of expertise. It's pretty unbelievable. We're going to get into all of this. Fans apparently are pushing back on Disney they made, because it's trying to, to, why is Disney teaching kids about sexual preferences? Apparently they got another flop on their hands. They have an animated adventure series called Strange World. It's a box office dud. It's a cartoon, well, series, it's a film. It includes Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, Lucy Liu, and, it, and Gabrielle Union. And it features a Daily Show contributor, and it's heralded as Disney's first openly gay character. I just think that there's something else at play in the human mind if you can't get into a story without first answering the question, how do they have sex and with whom? Really? Are we, th- are we that stupid as people, as a species, that this is what, first off, wait a minute, I gotta know how you do it before I can get into the story. It's not even going to clear $20 million. And it had a huge budget. It was anywhere from 120 to $130 million. They think it's going to actually finish below their 2002 flop treasure planet, which just made 16 million. And it's because people aren't interested. Look, if, if people want to get lectured, they're going to go to a classroom. If they want to get preached at, they'll go to church. If they want to get yelled at, they'll go and do something. They'll go and touch the thermostat at their house, at their at their at their parents' house. And what? And they'll get yelled at. I mean, the, you know, it's real easy. Has a set it, this. 68% they said that it had a 73% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes I use the opposite the way it's intended. I actually use it as a way to uh, find films I like. So if they hate something, then I will love it. And they said that it's another example. Folks are saying it's another example of Disney's attempt to go woke and get broke. I agree because it's stupid. Not everything has got to be sexual. You don't have to be thrusting stuff into people's faces every, you know, every film. Stop it. People just want to watch a movie. Good grief, but no, Hollywood insists on dividing everybody up by how they do it. I just, it's just a weird place to be as a species that this is what, I don't know. I don't know. Now, some other wokery. I told you I got a lot today. CNN says daylight savings times is racist. I just hate it because I think it's dumb to switch your clocks back and forth, back and forth. Nobody cares. But CNN says, well, that's because um, now there's zero facts that they have showing this. They said that, well, people of color have a higher number of uh, health problems. So that means I'm literally reading this. This means observing uh, daylight savings time is more dangerous for them. I'm literally reading it in a 
Norm Macdonald kind of way, but it's verbatim what is said in this piece. How in the world... I feel like we need to address this. More fun science, right? We've got a lot on the way. You don't want to miss a single bit. Just in a couple moments, more of the Dana Show. Stay with us. Report two weeks ago, Judiciary Committee, a report that uh, talked about the political influence and the political shenanigans going on in our Justice Department. Based on 14 FBI agents who come talk to our office as, as whistleblowers, one of those agents said, and this is the term he used, he said, at the highest levels of the FBI, specifically the Washington field office, he said it's rotted to the core. Not talking about rank and file agents. They're doing good, good work. Talking about the top people at the Washington field office. Hmm. Man, they were having some very interesting discussions at that Q&A with Andrew uh or with uh, Christopher Ray yesterday. That was Jim Jordan there. Welcome back to the program. Top of our second hour this Friday. Dana Lash here with you, ladies and gentlemen. You know, he did admit, Chris Ray, what we all knew, that he took a government jet to go on vacation. Remember that? He was like, I need to leave questioning. I'm going to go on vacation. He finally did admit to taking a government jet. See, this is why I think if ever there was a motive I, I say this because I, I believe in voter fraud completely because I've seen it. How widespread it is, I think, is the is the debate. But I will say, you know, Democrats don't make it easy for people to think that they don't have any good motivations for wanting any kind of widespread fraud when they do stuff like that. All of the FBI corruption and then, golly, we don't want these people running these committees. We don't want them running the committees and everything else and running all of this and being able to find out what's happening. Golly, we've got to stop this. Kind of makes some sense a little bit. And you think they don't help at all, do they? No, they do not. So we uh, coming up, we're going to be talking with Kevin Roberts about that. I keep wanting to call it uh, the same sex marriage. Act. It's the Respect for Marriage Act. Why did they name it I don't know. I don't understand what the point of it. So just let me give you some backstory. And this is this is one of the things I'm going to be talking to him about. So if you're unfamiliar with it, I'm just setting this up because I think this is going to be a good conversation for you to to follow because we're going to be answering some of those questions without getting in the weeds with it. I mean, for crying out loud, you're like mentally preparing your Thanksgiving turkey, right? But I want to get you to understand this because coming back from Thanksgiving, this will be one of the one of the other fights because this is moving through the 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 uh, it's going through all the procedural votes in the Senate. So back in 96, you had Defense of Marriage Act. And then you had the Obergefell versus Hodges decision. And that was the decision that was saying every state has to recognize a marriage between uh, same-sex couples. And there, there was this, the, the where I get, and this is why we're going to be talking to kevin roberts he's an american history phd in american history he's a professor at ut he's i don't know how he lives but he's a professor at ut's president heritage foundation my question is why in the world did they feel like they needed because every everybody kept saying oh we got to codify this we well why do you feel like you need to do it more because isn't that what obergefell did ah ah but there's the there's the twist see because this is there's no because people kept saying, oh, there's we're going to lose benefits. You know, nobody's going to lose any benefits. I mean, that's it's Obergefell is what is it's actually governing today. Um, that's actually what's you know, I mean, that's actually what's 
in effect now. The argument was that, oh, there was a risk to same-sex couples. They're going to lose benefits. They're going to lose legal status. And there was nothing in there. I mean, that's completely against the Obergefell decision. That's then that's what everybody go and, and all state governments acclimated and adopted it. That is the ultimate status quo. There, there is no legal argument coming forward in the courts that challenges that. So that brings up the question of, okay, so what is the point of this? If it, if it's, if they proposed it to target an issue that doesn't exist, then what, well, it's the weaponization further of the IRS to go after religious entities, organizations, individuals that either partner with the government or receive, you know, or are tax exempt that, you know, maybe that's uh, adoption agencies or, you know, churches, etc. It's a way to, to go after that because in the re- quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act, there's no respect for religious institutions or beliefs because there is no, uh, there's no protections for them included in there. And that was done purposefully. It was absolutely done purposefully. Now, the, the, and there were some Republicans that actually voted for this. Because it passed the House. And there were some Republicans in the Senate just the other day that voted, even though it was a procedural vote to get it to move, I still don't, I don't understand why. It targets people of faith. I mean, I, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So I, they may have, uh, I think that one of the reasons, because one of the reasons that, because it seems like it all happened really quick in the House and started slowing down, and I think it's because it's, it's just nothing more than a political ploy. But that also means that Democrats are going to have to push for this coming up after the election. And I just don't think it's easy for them to make a vote. I mean, you're talking about codifying something that technically is already done. It's just weird. And we're going to talk with Kevin Roberts about this. So like, for instance, you know, one of the questions that I have for him is, you know, if there are, if their argument is that there are no protections because of Obergefell, I mean, that's not true. So why do they feel the need to codify this further? And it doesn't, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. How, why was there no inclusion? I was looking at, there was this uh, amendment that was coming from, what is it? Romney Baldwin Collins. They have an amendment. I think Mike Lee had an amendment that they were putting forward too, but the Baldwin Romney Collins amendment though, doesn't, is not a good isn't a good defense either so there's a lot of questions about this stuff here's the other thing how did marriage become a right now i think there's marriage and i think that there is a contractual agreement between or union between consenting adults a contractual union between consenting adults and I'm not going to, people I think try to take into the weeds and fight over the word marriage. But I think the push to classify any kind of consenting union as a marriage was, you can either view it as a mistake by the left or was that the point? So as to undermine the religious value and purpose of marriage. So we're going to be talking about all of that. 
Because this, weaponizing the IRS further and allowing for zero protections in this is, there's no protection for, li- for religious liberty. There's no protection for any kind of uh, conscience rights. There's nothing in there at all for it. And I'm just wondering how you got 87,000 IRS agents. Hmm. I guess that it sounds like that. It just sounds like the IRS gearing up, doesn't it? When you consider all of this. So we're going to get into that. Also, hmm. Here's this. This this. Uh, well, it disappeared, but he's uh, was the associate editor of my. It was actually my second book that I did, and I thought it was kind of weird. His name's his name is Eric, and I've always gotten along with him. I mean, we follow each other on social media. His name's Eric Nelson. He's never been. You know, mean or anything like that. Um, I think he asks provocative questions sometimes. And this, he said he was asking a question hypothetically. Uh, maybe he was. But he was asking a, he was, what, what, he was asking this point about life because then this was in the whole context of abortion and Democrats arguing that, that somehow, uh, it was the abortion fight that ended up helping to push them in certain states, which I don't know that it did because it never ranked up in one of the top things that people were concerned about. Um, however, I don't think that Lindsey Graham, and there's a piece coming from our contributor Lorraine on that later today. I don't think that Lindsey Graham helped out with, with any of that. And so it, it was this, this discussion over whether or not Republicans conservatives could in any way i guess you know how do you defend it you know fetus isn't is a fetus an actual human life which i think is such a dumb argument i've always said that i felt as though it was a stage of develop it, well it is a stage of development and it's it's ageist to argue this right because a child an adult is a stage of development so why wouldn't anything else also be considered as such. And my friend Eric, like I said, had tweeted this out. Man, he got blown up. He ended up having to delete it and try to, he was trying to uh, clarify it further. But I don't think it was a good argument because that's ultimately, I think, I think that's the best way that Republicans can approach it. And I think that that's how they need to explain it is that it is, it's, I mean, it's ageism. We're not, this isn't, you know, just because it's not out in the world doesn't mean that it's not human. It's, it's just ageism. Adult is a stage of life. A kid is a stage of life. A baby is a stage of life. A fetus is a stage of life. Uh, an embryo is a stage of life. A zygote is a stage of life. It's all a stage of life after conception. I mean, I love this. Let's believe in science, but only up until this point, those people. It makes no sense. Also, Boy, oh boy. This was a, ra- a really interesting piece that I was looking at. It was over at The Federalist by John Davidson. And he was giving the tale of this town in Texas. Now, listen, this is in Texas. It is uh, a town called Taylor. And he was saying that in Taylor, Texas, population about 16,000. It's just uh, about maybe an hour and a half, 40 minutes uh, northeast of Austin. They said that they've had a little town. They've always had a Christmas parade, not a holiday parade, but a Christmas parade every year. And it's always been a tradition and it's been organized under the Taylor Area Ministerial Alliance or T 
TAMA, a bunch of local churches. So as an oversight in the application process, because they have very sweet and very generous elderly ladies who volunteer to organize the parade and they process all the float applications. They had never heard of a group called Taylor Pride, so they didn't know what it was. And before the summer of 2021, that group had never staged an event. And so they decided that they, by the time the parade organizers found out it was too late, they had two dudes, one as a female Santa and the other who was very hardly dressed in glitter, gyrating to dance music on the Taylor Pride float Jordan uh, Davidson writes as it rolled down Main Street in the annual Christmas parade right in front of a float for St. Mary's Catholic School, which was full of kids. Parents and attendees were understandably outraged. So TAMA decided in the future parade entries have to be consistent with traditional biblical and family values. They made an announcement to that effect. So the Taylor City Council said they're going to stage a separate city sponsored parade right after the TAMA parade. And they're going to call it a very merry holiday parade so that the people could get on the float and gyrate. Right. And so these the spokesman said that, well, TAMA for the city, the spokesman for Taylor, Texas, said, well, TAMA made it clear they didn't want certain people to be a part of the parade. This is the problem I have right here. No one didn't. It's not that people didn't want the two men on the Taylor Pride float at the parade. They didn't want to see them ass out gyrating to a bunch of music with thongs and glitter with kids right behind them. Right. I mean, I don't care if you're gay or straight. I don't want to see your buttocks on a float during Christmas gyrating. Okay. if I wanted to see that, then I would go to a a strip club. But it's a Christmas parade. I that I where did this grift come from where humans now are like, well, If I can't do what I do behind closed doors out in public, I guess that means you don't want me personally. No, we don't want that behavior. There's a difference. If you're too stupid to understand it, maybe don't go out in public. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. According to Reuters, suspected drug smugglers killed a U.S. agent in Puerto Rico. Out of San Juan, a U.S. federal agent was killed. Two were wounded in a gun battle with suspected drug smugglers on Thursday during an inspection of a vessel believed to be carrying drugs off the coast of Puerto Rico, according to U.S. officials. They said there were brave members of air and marine operations within U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Uh, And this was something Mayorkas had said in testimony before a U.S. Senate committee. He said that other agents were also gravely wounded. They thought they were carrying some controlled substances and they had uh, drug because drug traffickers frequently use Puerto Rico, U.S. territory as an entrance point to stuff being smuggled from the Caribbean to the continental U.S. So they they found a bunch of cocaine and oh, a man's body. They also found that as well. A lot of stuff there. Uh, also, this is a crazy story. An Alabama Alabama's execution of a man convicted in the 1998 murder for hire slain of a preacher's wife was called off just before the midnight deadline because state officials couldn't find a suitable vein in which to inject the lethal drugs. Well, that's when you just take out your your uh, service pistol. And uh, I'm just saying they said Alabama Department of Corrections Commissioner John Hamm said prison staff tried for an hour to get the two required intravenous lines connected to Kenneth Eugene Smith, age 57. They established one, were unable to get another. They tried a central line, and they didn't able, they weren't able to complete it in time. That's the second execution that the state had to cancel because of difficulties in establishing an IV line. So I guess they're going to have to deal with the postponement from that. That's kind of crazy. 
goodness. And a 10-year-old evaded a potential kidnapping in Philadelphia thanks to a smart 19-year-old shop owner who pretended to be his mom. Awesome. Stay with us. Oh man, he doesn't know. Mr. President, what do you think? Thank you, thank you. He does what? Did I ever tell you what one of my friends does? She's from Georgia. And whatever she when she doesn't want to do something, but she's like real polite about it. She does that whole thing. Thank you, thank you too. First off, welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our second hour. Well, yeah, well, she'll go, uh, no, thank you. She did this all the time when they were trying to make her wear masks in stores. And she is like, you know, very proper. You know, she has her makeup done. You know, she's one of, you know, girly girl. And she would go in the stores and go, no, thank you. Mm, they would say, would you like a mask? Ma'am, can you wear a mask? No, thank you. And then it was it would confuse them because they didn't, they'd stop for a minute. And they're like, wait, does she think? That we are offering her a mask or she is what and by the time they figured it out, she's already in the store and there's nothing they could do. And she would do that going on um, going on airplanes when they would try to make you gate check a bag and they would because she always had a big tote with her and she would have a little roller board. She never checked bags and never checks bags. I don't know why I'm talking past tense. Um, She's like five years older than me and she would just go, no, thank you and go down the board. Go down uh, the jet bridge. No, thank you. And it confuses them. They're like, wait a minute. What do you, why are you, what? But that's, that's what they're doing. No, thank you. No, thank you. <sighs> Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash, as I said. So a uh, couple things. The Dean, I didn't want to immediately come in with the, some of this because you need to, this is crazy. Play, I needed to set this up. This is that Chicago private school dean of students. Yeah, bragging about um, teaching gay sex to minors, like young kids. Listen to this. This audio is somebody one. So I've been the dean for four years. During Pride, we do a Pride week every year. And I had, um, I had like our LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex. Can you even say that, by the way, on air? Using versus using spit. Who is this? This is uh, an LGBTQ plus health center came in to talk to my high school students. They're just like passing around dildos. And that's like Steve. I wish I could share with you what Steve is doing in Slack. Steve goes, I left it in, LOL. I mean, it is news. It's what's I know, being but it's said and so, being reported. So, because when you see him, he looks like a Mario Brothers character. Like he's, you know, like his car in in that he would drive is like a windowless van. Ugh. So this guy, why is that? First off, why is that? Ed, that's not educational. That is so not educational. Why would you brag about? It? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why are you bragging about it? Why would you? Oh, that's not education. He was saying that he thought he loved watching the kids pass it around. I bet you did. And I can't even talk about some of the other stuff that he said in here. Um, he was asking, like, they would ask him, how does this work? And he he goes, that's the cool part of my job. Oh, oh my gosh. Hell would have no fury. 
Oh, man. So people were back. They were outraged. They I don't even want to say this, the hashtag, but his name's Joseph Bruno. Now, James O'Keefe, Joseph Bruno's outside of school and, hi, there's James O'Keefe, surprise. Audio sound by two. Listen to this. Joe Bruno. Yes. Hi there. Um, James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. Hell no, to the no, no, no. He is so shocked. You're on He's not camera here. here talking about giving anal sex toys and butt plugs to little children. Oh my gosh. They're just like passing on dildos. That's his video. The kids are just playing with them. Sir, why are you running? Why are you running away? Why are you running? Sir, anal butt plugs and toys? It's kind of redundant, those two. Excuse me? Bruno just, uh, excuse me, um, this, this guy, this teacher is talking about giving sex toys to your children. This is the space where we're dismissing children. Right. Yeah, so why right. are you but he was giving sex this? toys to the children. I, I have children here. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, James O'Keefe does the angels work. I'm telling you what. And he's been dean there for four years. And so here's what's crazy. And he's he's on video talking about all this stuff. And he like simulates it. He, he pans them lube and they oh, simulate it. No. How is that? That's not education, folks. It's it's at the Francis it's a elite school in Chicago called Francis W. Parker. He I mean, I was just going to say, if you ha- asked AI to come up to generate an image of what um, pervert would look like, it would be this guy. Oh it would. I mean, he looks like an AI generated image of put it inputting pervert into the field. I just his the top and bottom parts of his head are smaller than the middle part of his head. His shape, his head shaped like a football. Anyway, so here's what's crazier because you and I are outraged by this. Like we think we're just shocked. Oh, but there's more. The school is apparently defending him. What? Dude, for real. They're defending him. Francis W. Parker School. They're defending that Dean, Joseph Bruno. They, They said, they go, this is their statement. I need to hold on to something. I better get a hold of something. They, they said, he was filmed without his knowledge or permission while describing one example of our inclusive LGBTQ plus affirming and comprehensive approach to sex education. Veritas deceptively edited the video with malicious intent. End quote. So what, is, what did he deceptive, what did they deceptively edit? I'm so tired of hearing this. He literally said, quote, I am so sorry, but I have to read this. I'll, I'll, I'll help myself here because some of you are like, Dana, I'm at work and my headphones are broken or out of battery and I'm in literally in my cubicle. He says, the kids are just playing with them, looking at them, you know, the toys that we just mentioned. They're like, how does this aren't work? How do we, how, like, how does this work? That's the cool part of my job, he said. He said, whether you use spit or lube, he was talking about all this stuff. This is what he said. How is it deceptively edited? In what context? In what context is talking about passing around um, certain backdoor plugs to kids in any way more acceptable than what is seen of his own volition, him speaking from his own mouth on this tape? Oh, that's right. There's none. Deceptively edited. Good grief. So I don't know. This is Chicago. Maybe parents are okay with this guy dealing, doing this stuff with their kids. I don't know. Oh, man. So they're defending him. 
Bruno thought he was speaking to a conference attendee over coffee. That makes it even even weirder. You you're just sitting down talking about butt plugs with people over coffee. Really? Who does what? <laughs> him running away though is one of the most is one of the funniest things I've ever seen them do. Because James just shows up. You'd think people would know him now, right? <sighs> Unbelievable. So we have. I got I got a couple other things too. I saw this uh, this story. People were talking about the nine circles of hell and Dante's Inferno. Now, I think I'm actually still. So what I brought normally. So Kenan and I were having this big discussion. Normally, I would probably list this in one of the circles of hell and Dante's Inferno. Kenan and I were talking about um, things that are not candles that you burn that smell good. This is stupid stuff we talk about on break. I brought this in here to show him, and now I feel like a hippie. What is it? What it is? It's a stick. What is it? Palo Santo or whatever. Palo Santo. So long story short, we were in this like some friends and I, we went to this pretend speakeasy and they burn rosemary and they burn a stick of Palo Santo. It's a small room. It makes it smell really good. And I was like, oh my gosh, it smells so good. Why is this not a candle? Because all the stuff that sp- supposedly smells like this is horrible. So I brought it in here to show Kane. It about smoked me to death. And I feel like a hippie. And we were talking about, uh, what is it? Your weird bacteria tea. And then you got mad because you're like oregano oil and all this other stuff. And tea. Keep saying weird bacteria tea. It is. It's bacteria and yeast. I don't. Still. I, that's number two on my circles of hell and my Dante's Inferno thing. I was reading this thing where there was, there was this discussion online about um, people's own nine circles of hell. Uh, similar to that, which is in Dante's Inferno. Do you want to know what my nine are? Yeah. Just because I don't know what it is and it seems like it's full of hipsters. Pickleball is the first one. That's like the first circle in Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Second would be the essential oils thing, right? And then that's when you started arguing with me. You started in. You said essential oils as a blanket statement, and I said, look, there's proven benefits to certain oils out there, like tea tree oil okay. and oregano. Okay, and I, I didn't dispute that one, but you can't even tell me what oil of oregano does. It does something good. You don't even know. It does something good. You don't even know. You're misinformation. Does Does something good. My third circle is DMV. The nine circles of hell and Dante's Inferno. The fourth is Real Housewives Anything. (laughs) The fifth is watching other people's kids in plays. I don't care. I don't want to go. I don't want to go do that. Does that mean? I'm being honest. Do you? I mean, really? Come on. Uh... Where, where am I at? One, two, three, four, five. Six is TikTok. Seven is influencers selling you crappy home goods. <laughs> Nobody needs a big, what is it for, chain link on your coffee table. Can we stop with these big, giant bowls full of sticks? Stop it. We don't need it. Just don't. Uh, eight is buffets. Oh, really? Yeah, germaphobe. Oh. I watched a kid, I kid you not, because you, like, buffets used to be my jam, okay? What was the one that we went, oh, Golden Corral. Oh, my gosh. When I lived in St. Louis, like, I was a fixture at my Golden Corral. They're like, hello, Mrs. Lash. Here's your gold, here's your corner table. That's how we did it. And uh, I watched, I legit watched a kid uh, pick his nose, and then he touched the chocolate fountain with the bare finger that he, I, I about died. I couldn't, and after that, I'm done. Ninth, my ninth circle of hell, yeah. musicals. What are yours? Out of curiosity. Yeah, I'm. I'm I it's created like a, a little list questionnaire. last night myself, and um, number one on that list was people who don't use their blinkers. 
Yeah. Like, I, I hate that. When when you're driving behind someone, all of a sudden their brake lights come on. You're like, what's going on? What's going on? And then their blinker comes on. It's like, no, the blinker's supposed to be first. Then you press the brakes to make your turn. Stop with that. So people who don't use their okay. blinkers, also no blinkers. people who can't stay in the lines of a parking spot. Like if you, if you, you mean they think they get two? Yeah, they or or they one of the tires or both tires is overall. They're special. Yeah, like what? Why you, you have eyeballs? You're clearly driving. No, they don't. I don't understand. Your third one? Friday news dumps. Oh, I hate that's Friday a good news one. dumps. Because, yeah, because then you got to start working on weekends. Because then on weekends you have we have no time off. It just sucks. That's true. Um, so that six? lays into number four, which is our garbage media. You're only at four. Yeah. I thought you were at six. No, no, no. I'm at four. I I was just complaining a lot about each of them. Oh, my gosh. Number five, moronic school boards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Number six, fun size anything. Oh, my gosh. Why don't I have that on my list? Fun size anything. They rob you. It's ridiculous fun size. There's no fun in that tiny Mm -hmm. little Snickers. No, there's not. Uh, People who abuse or hate dogs. Okay. I have no room in my life for those people. Yes, that's a good one. Um, The left conflating criticism as hate. When they, Ooh, and then it graduates to you know conflating criticism as violence. True, it's dumb. Uh, and then number nine, pharmaceuticals that require more pharmaceuticals because of the side effects of the pharmaceuticals. That's a good point. I hate that. Canes. So that's my that's look my you're, nine. You're all calm now because you got it all out during break. I, I feel better now. See, it's look, therapy. All, yeah, I feel better. I appreciate it's the opportunity. Yeah, here you go. So coming up, what we got for you? The St. Louis, the mayor of St. Louis is uh, going to. She has an executive order launching reparations. Uh huh. I mean, who's been running St. Louis City forever? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that coming up. Uh, and also, we got some economic headlines. We got some NatSec, the, all the latest with the Twitter free speech battle. Also, keep in mind that this is happening concurrently with the 303 creative case in Supreme Court. So we've got all of this stuff. A lot of, and we got Florida Man on the way. Oh my gosh! If I don't die from this stupid stick that keeps smoking, should it do it that long? <laughs> I don't know. I've never done. I don't do incense or anything like that because I'm not like an exorcist. So I don't know what what it is. What it, what it is. All right, we gotta get moving. Steve's dying. Uh, as we, <laughs> Steve, make your own nine circles of hell. Go ahead. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. <laughs> This is actually real funny. And Waffle House, I think it's actually, we joked about this before. I think one of the things that they do at Waffle House is you got to show that you can you can throw down at Waffle House, right? I mean, I don't know what, I mean, Dana White needs to be going to Waffle House to be recruiting the next generation of fighters. So this comes from ESPN in Southwest Florida. Florida man calmly enjoys his grits as Jacksonville Waffle House fight erupts behind him. And it is, actually, I got I can't, we can't play any of it. But I'm watching this, and it's just from just literally from like two days or three days ago. And it's in Jacksonville, Florida. And he's sitting there, and he's eating his grits. And he just kind of looks over his shoulder. And someone threw a, like a pitcher of orange juice at one of the cooks behind the counter, and all hell broke loose. Other patrons in the restaurant are getting up and looking. And the woman who's, or the, yeah, the woman who's sitting at the table with this man he just sitting there and he's eating his grits. He just, you know, he just minding his business. He's eating his good food. He is, he is not at all moved. He is so calm and chill. It looks like he expected it all to happen. Yeah, and you know what? The thing I was doing when I was watching this video, I kept thinking, man, because they kept the fight kept expanding and inching closer and closer to where they were recording. 
And I'm like, the last thing I think any of these people want to do is make this guy get involved. Because it's usually the people who have that kind of reaction. Those are the real badasses. Those are the ones that you do not want to get involved. And I was thinking that the whole time I'm watching him just satisfied. He's just satisfied. He's eating his grits. And I'm like, they do not want to get this gentleman involved with any of this. Stick with us. We got our third hour on the way. More of the Dana Show. I think the country's going to have to learn about what's going on in this country. The majority of counties in this country have declared that they are not going to enforce state and federal gun laws. They have decided that they are going to essentially refuse to implement laws that are on the books. Um, that is a growing problem in this country. And I think we're going to have to have a conversation wow. about that in the United States. Is he States talking Senate. about immigration law, Mr. Chris Murphy, Senator Chris Murphy? Is he talking? Oh, no, no, he's not. No. Welcome back to the program. Third hour. Top of the third hour this Monday, post-tryptophan Monday. Tryptophan sounds like a metal band name. And their first album's called Wild Turkey. Right? I don't know where this is coming from. It's the turkey talking. Welcome back. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. Senator Chris Murphy's mad over... I, we've talked about this several times. Uh, the whole issue of Second Amendment sanctuary, whatever. It's not even actually... As much as I loathe to say it. I mean, really, in a perfect world, you wouldn't even need to have it. But sec- Second Amendment sanctuaries... It's more of a um, ceremonial. Not, it's not a, a legally binding thing. It's a resolution, usually, that these city councils and uh, put forward. I've talked about them for years and I've written about them for years. And he's saying this as a way to do... They're trying to find an excuse for why is it that these horrible tragedies keep happening in areas where they have red flag law. And I shared with you last week in Colorado Springs that what the sheriff was like, he had noted that, well, if they're going to if they're going to have someone petition on a respondent in a red flag proceeding, they would they would like for it to be a member of someone in the family, someone who knows, because there's no uniformity in how these things are carried out across you know the states that have adopted them. They're trying to figure out some kind of way to excuse the fact that these tragedies keep, as I said, taking place in these red flag adopted these states that have these red flag laws and so that i just find you know if you wanted to compare mass casualty incidents first off uh, typically always in fact there's no typically always there are some i mean there there are tons of things that uh that are and i don't mean this to be you know in an ironic fashion or a pun red flags without the diminishment of due process in the red flag law, meaning that there is a behavior that is demonstrated that through the uh, existing processes offered by state by state, there are numerous ways to have someone adjudicated unfit to purchase or carry a firearm, meaning they are called a prohibited possessor at that point without having that diminishment of due process via the modern-day red flag law adoption. And so in, in Colorado Springs, that's, I think, pretty much as the information comes out, as the information comes out, what about Chesapeake, the, the Walmart? I mean, there's for them to say this kind of stuff, they're just trying to find some way to blame something other than themselves. Just, it's unfortunate. Now, I have, we were talking a little bit earlier about 
uh, all of the why are there what's up with the freaks over Thanksgiving? I just I've got questions. Uh, you had Balenciaga under fire for ads over creepy, really creepy ads there. So I first saw this on Twitter and I and my immediate thought was I saw one picture and it was a little girl standing on a bed and there I noticed the there were the, these wall decals of dragons, technically waverns, uh, that were on the wall behind her. And then I noticed she was holding a teddy bear in total bondage gear, like the teddy bear was in bondage gear. And I thought that's really not appropriate. And then there was like Balenciaga branding on the pillows and stuff like that. Um, th- and that was not the only image of its kind. There were several there were kids that were holding teddy bears dressed in bondage outfits. And then one of the photos that they used, and this was really bizarre and messed up in more ways than I can count. They had a purposefully poorly hidden, it was on purpose, purposely poorly hidden court document about quote unquote virtual child pornography that was included in one of the shots. And then they began scrubbing there it was um one of their bags on a de- on a messy desk and it had that piece of it was it was supposed to stick out and they wanted people to go and and look this up they wanted people to go and look at it and and so this they deleted all their instagram posts balenciaga ended up deleting all of that there were i mean it's just really i mean this is really bizarre and a lot of the celebrities that work with them um, ended up, uh, you know, they, they were all being asked to respond and, and answer questions on all of this. I just, why, well, first off, why? And there's, there's a deep dive on, I guess, the designer and the stylist for the shoot and all of this. There's, there's, why are people trying to mainstream this stuff? Why are, I mean, this has come, I don't know, but can I just say something totally girly? I think Balenciaga is so ridiculously overhyped. You know, the two fat, you know, one of the two things that are super ridiculously overhyped is Fendi and Balenciaga. That I'm just going to say, socks of shoes, like the shoe socks, that stuff gets dirty. You're having your nasty ass feet in that. And you're, you know, you're going to be wearing those for six hours. If you go out, how are you going to be cleaning those things? You think you're going to throw them with some dry L? You're, you're just, shut up. That's not how you're doing it. Nah, stupid. Stupid. I believe practicality is is also brilliance. So just overrated. But why? How many people have to be involved in that shoot? Because you have the makeup artist, you have the stylist, you have the merchandiser, you have all of this stuff involved in it. And you're gonna get you're gonna give a kid a bondage bear. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, that is one messed up like build a bear right there. And Balenciaga apparently isn't speaking about any of it. They're be, well, of course, because it's like it's a. They said that the only thing that they've said is that they're not suing the people, the creatives that are behind the shoot, the photo shoot. They're they they are apparently taking legal action that featured the SCOTUS ruling on child pornography. So, and this is supposed to, this was for their spring twenty twenty three campaign. I, they said, oh, they, they, the only statement they said was to Daily Mail. And they said, Balenciaga is not taking legal action towards the photographer of the campaign. Uh, he wasn't involved uh, with the, involving the doc, uh, the unsettling documents in an office. Uh, they said that they're going to take legal action against the parties responsible for creating the 
set and including the unimproved items for the, sh the photo shoot. And that was the 2008 Supreme Court in U United States v. Williams, which upheld part of a federal pornography law. So how do you get that in? I mean, I've never done a fashion photo shoot like that, but I've done photo shoots for my, for my book covers and for some you know, um, magazine stuff, like for profile stuff. But there, there are a lot of people in it, but the photographer is not, I mean, that's their set. You have the, the usually you have the, a, a, a director for it, a uh, creative director, and then you have the photographer, but that's usually, it's wherever the photographer wants to go, and that's typically, they run it, and the creative director runs. So how, I'm just fascinated that uh, that happened that way. So, but they did scrub all these photos off. What was the purpose in doing this? And how do you allow, how are this many people involved in it? And it gets out to where it's on your brand's Instagram account. You don't check that stuff? I mean, and their bondage bear, that's an actual handbag that they had on their runway. If I ever saw anybody carrying something like that, I'd have an overwhelming urge to beat them with it. They said they apologized for the offense the campaign caused. They removed the campaign from their platforms. They stand for children's safety and well-being. I don't, I mean, how, there were so many people involved in this. You have a handbag, a designer handbag sitting over legal copy and no one stops and goes, I'm going to read the legal copy. No, I don't believe you. I think you're lying. I think you thought it was going to be edgy and you thought it was because are they, have they so explored the every realm of creativity that they think mainstreaming, mainstreaming grooming is the last frontier? I'm trying to figure out why these freaks are doing this. And it is freakish, and it should be called freakish. I, I, man. So it's shock for what? What's the purpose of it? Shock for what? Jeez. I don't know. I'm, I'm, the whole thing is just disgusting. So you have this issue, and I have so much wokery here for you. Ugh. Let me share this one with you. I was actually really, this story really intrigued me. So this had to do with this 29-year-old pharma heiress, as she is described in the press. Now, wait a minute. It's very interesting. So her name's Annabella Rockwell. So she went to uh, Holyoke in Western Massachusetts. She went to a very uh, prestigious university. She said while attending the school, she, she's 29, she became indoctrinated. She thought she was a repressed victim of the patriarchy. Her mother hired a $300 a day deprogrammer to unbrainwash her. And the 29-year-old says, I was absolutely brainwashed. That is, I've never heard of anyone hiring a deprogrammer. But that's kind of true, though, when you think about it. You go to these universities and, but at the same time, I can't very well feel a lot of, um, I don't feel a lot of sympathy for parents who say, oh, my kids went to college and got indoctrinated. Because I feel like we are told by society that you need to go ahead and think of your parental duties as being done when they graduate high school. I don't think like that. And I've 
I, I don't you feel like that? There's just this push in society. We want to keep kids. They want everyone to be infantilized until they're f- mid fifties, like Hunter Biden. Stay on your parents' insurance until you're thirty. We're going to infantilize you if you're in politics and you're a Democrat. But the reason I don't feel bad for them is because I feel like no, your kids shouldn't be able to choose just wherever the hell they want to go. I absolutely do not believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. And I don't believe that I that they should at, at some. I think really think they should be rock solid when they leave your house and they go into college. There's really not an excuse. I have one of my sons is graduating high school this year. And he's got all kinds of scholarship offers. He's got a four point, I think it's a 4.1 cumulative GPA. He's honor society, all this stuff. He's going into computer sciences. He's got, I don't know, he's got 104% calculus. I don't even know how this happens because I don't even, I couldn't get past algebra. I barely got past algebra two. I had the lowest C and I worked so hard. It was my lowest grade ever. But I told my son, I was like, there's some colleges and I would look, I would look at the mail and I'm like, you're not reading this. You're not reading this. You're not reading this because you're, you are my investment. Anything that you don't get a scholarship on, I have to cover. He wants to, cause he's, he's thinking about, he's interested in, in video gaming and weapons programming, which are very interesting things. And I've said, you're not, these are, these are some colleges you will not be even considering. You either, if you want my help, you do it my way. There's your freedom. You get a freedom to choose if you want my help or not my help. And if you don't want my help and you're not going to do it my way, then you better figure out how to do it on your own. I reject this nonsense from society that, oh, parents, let your kids find their way. Screw you. Because look at this lady had to hire a $300 a day deprogrammer to unbrainwash her kid. Are you? And she's 29 years old. So they were talking about, you know, years ago. But that's insane. We're going to talk more about this coming up. We also have Stephen Yates is going to be joining us. How far is it going to go in China? I mean, for real, how far? Because apparently these protests are unlike anything they have seen since Tiananmen Square. We're going to talk about that coming up. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Man, a furniture manufacturer fired 2,700 workers by text and emails while they were asleep two days before Thanksgiving, warned them not to come into work the next day, and uh, one driver was arrested for taking the furniture off the truck. It's a Mississippi-based company. It was almost their entire staff, United Furniture Industries. One former employee was trying to remove the furniture from the back of his truck after getting his firing notice, and another has filed lawsuit against the company. So that's, man, that's... Kind of an interesting way to, to go about it. Very, you know, seems like that could have been handled a little bit better. Just saying. Seems like it. Uh, let's see. Biden is going to allow employers to uh, apparently consider green investments. He's overturning Trump rule, Trump's rule and tells 401k investors to prioritize. So it's, you don't get to consider it. You get to you get to prioritize green investments, despite already losing thirty four thousand dollars on average this year. This is all from that ESG stuff. Remember me talking about that uh, repeatedly. And EV stations could use as much power as a small town by twenty thirty five. And the grid is not ready, says Autoblog. If I were running Senator Warnock's campaign, I would certainly bring in President Obama before I'd bring in President Biden. Um, as I've told you before, I don't hate anyone, but uh, at this juncture, the Biden administration, I think, is best known 
uh, for its world-class vacuity. Um, according to the polls, most Americans wouldn't wouldn't trust President Biden to salt the fries at uh, McDonald's. I wouldn't, man. Man, I like that's Senator John Kennedy, not that one from Louisiana. Kane and I were going down the rabbit hole a little earlier with the other one. Uh. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, bottom of our third hour this Tuesday, Thanksgiving Eve Eve. I wouldn't trust him to salt the fries. I wouldn't. He wouldn't know where they are. He wouldn't know his way around a kitchen because he's a Biden, you know. Hey, did you see that when they did the turkey pardoning, he had Hunter Biden there? You didn't know that? No. He's the third turkey. You didn't know it? Yeah, he's the third one there. I did see that story where they reversed one turkey's pardon because they discovered he was at the January 6th mm. thing. Oh, that, I saw that Babylon that Bee. That was so fun. Yeah, chocolate and chip. Yeah. So they reversed uh, one of their pardons because one of them was spotted with a red hat at uh, J6. Yeah, there you go. I would like to sit next to Senator Kennedy at Thanksgiving. You know he would be full of tea. Woo. Oh, he'd be spilling it. All right, so the... <laughs> I don't know even where to start because it's just, I, he, he cracks me up. This, um, I was looking at some of the, we've been talking about the prices, all this stuff that's going to be increasing. Cranberries, we've been having a big, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the only other time that I ever got, I, my most controversial tweet that I ever made was when I said candy corn was good. And people lost their minds. It was, I mean, they were either, it's one of those things, you're either with it or you're against it. But then I purposefully hit the hive with a stick. And I was saying that, you know, there's one thing that I will not cut from my Thanksgiving table. And that's going to be the cranberry in a can. Particularly, ladies and gentlemen, the ocean spray. Now, yes, for the people who don't like to taste their food. Uh, We do also offer the uh, homemade cranberry version that's basically a bunch of, uh, it's it's fruit potpourri. You just put some like, you know, orange and whatever the hell else you can reach in your spice cabinet, throw it in there, you know, whip it up. It's tart. It, you know, turns your your mouth, cinches up like like a coin purse and uh, like a a drawstring bag and you can't taste anything else. Everything is tart. Turkey is tart. The stuffing's tart. Everything is just awful. So for the people who don't like to taste the other items on their plate, we also offer that as an accompaniment to your turkey and everything else. But, you know, in my house, you know, the fun folks have the cranberry slices, and it has to be out of a can. It has to have the lines on it, and you slice it up, and you put it on the plate. If you want to get fancy, you can stick a little lettuce leaf. I had a great aunt that used to do that. She'd put it on the lettuce leaf and make it fancier. And and her husband would be like, you can still see the lines on it from the can. And the best is the sound it makes when it comes out. If you do it right, it's it's awesome. So I got to have that. You know why that's so important? You want to know why that, that is so important? That cranberry sauce? Because the next day, when you have your turkey sandwiches... You get the big thick bread. You got your turkey. Put a little. As I make my sandwich, you put your bread, and I'll toast it a little bit, and then you get your stuffing on there, and then you get your cranberry slice, and then you get your turkey. So see, the stuffing will help for the cranberry slice. It won't make it all soggy, but just moist enough. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. 
That's why. If you haven't had it, I don't know what you don't know what you're missing. Tell you what, I will. I'll defend that to the, the end. I will. That's the hill I'll put my flag on. Is that canned cranberry? It's the best. It's the absolute best. All right. So, yeah, get mad. I'm gonna get mail about that. I'm waiting. So, a um, couple of other things I want to make sure that we're that we're hitting because I had some wokery and we've been talking about some of the the media malpractice. Oh, Twitter. Where did I? I need to get into this because I didn't. I had a piece that came out about this. Uh, the yesterday is when I is when I had it, and I saw this because people have been getting mad that Elon Musk bought Twitter, and then they got mad because he reinstated Donald Trump. And so, first it was Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails who got really mad. Now these people were totally fine, by the way, with the Ayatollah still being on Twitter. China's communists still being on Twitter. And I'll have you just remind you, and, I, and this is because I know the left loves CNN. CNN's reporting how apparently uh, Iran's security forces are using rape to quell the women-led protests. But I haven't heard any kind of criticism from people like Jack White or Trent Reznor, who are so mad that Elon Musk reinstated the mean, the bad Donald Trump with his mean tweets. But hey, the their religious leader in Iran who runs their little security force here, he's up there. But no word on this. So anyway, what ended up happening is is Trent Reznor said that he is probably he's going to announce he announces that he's probably going to leave Twitter. He's planning on it. He's planning on leaving. He literally made an announcement about it. And I think there was there was consequence, which is a music digital thing. And they said he's planning to quit Twitter. And he said he actually wrote, I'm about to depart. Like how many times are you going to announce you're going to leave, princess? Go. Don't let the door hit you in the bass. Go on. That's the fish you're carrying. I don't know where you people are at. But he says, he goes, for my mental health, I need to tune out. I don't feel good being there anymore. Oh, my gosh. But, hey, you know what? The Nine Inch Nail account is still on Twitter hawking their Made in China merch. So, you know, winky. Planning to quit. You make an announcement that you're planning to quit, and you're like, I'm about to depart, everyone. (gasps) Stop me. It's so overwrought and dramatic. They're they're mad because they don't want to be with people who disagree with them because they view the mere existence of disagreement as a challenge to who they are these people are so damn insecure i think so much of this is is really driven by insecurity they're enraged because no one will agree with them and they need to have you copy and adopt their beliefs in order for them to feel validated so planning to quit i'm planning to quit oh my gosh He's like the male Taylor Swift. He's the guy who never grew up. He never stopped complaining about women. He never stopped complaining about God. He just sort of switched it up to the man. And, and, and his music was tempered by his lyrics where he complained about all this stuff. And now he's sold out for Oscar accolades and he writes repetitive trip, score, trip core scores. And that's pretty much it. Although he did a, good, a decent one for Lynch, I will say, with the second Twin Peaks. But that was like one track. Anyway, I digress. My point is, nobody cares. It's like that scene from Jurassic Park where Norm, again, from Seinfeld, is sitting across from the guy who's trying to be all incognito in his glasses and hat. And he hands him that shaving cream can that has the dino stuff in it. 
And he's like, see, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And then Jack White apparently got real mad and he had this big thing. He had this big thing. He uh, went on a rant on Instagram, which is he got mad because they keep going, oh, it's owned by a billionaire. It's own. Reznor said, we don't need the arrogance of a bill of the billionaire class feeling like they can come in and solve something. Well, you didn't have any problem with billionaire Jack Dorsey owning Twitter. He's just bitching because he's a millionaire. That's why. So then Jack White says he's probably leaving permanently Twitter permanently. He wrote on Instagram. And if you get the newsletter, I, you got the bold bits that those were the fun parts. He said, this sounds hysterical. I've read YouTube comment sections that were had arguments better structured than this. He said, you intend to give platforms to known liars and wash your hands like Pontius Pilate and claim no responsibility. Trump, wait, I'm sorry, what? Trump was removed from Twitter because he incited violence multiple times. People died. Well, no one died from that. They are trying to destroy democracy. Well, we live in a republic. That's... And then he goes, this is straight up you trying to help a fascist have a platform so you can get your tax breaks. Oh, my gosh. He sounds like a college freshman who's taking his first government course. And then he, oh, man. So anyone who disagrees with him is a fascist. I'm so tired of this stuff. Look, there's a difference between a digital platform and like Jack White said, well, I would not allow the KKK to play at my club. Okay, but you let them commandeer your party. <laughs> oh, oops. There's a difference between a digital platform and a club, just like there's a difference between what he thinks is fascism and actual fascism. Fascism isn't just what you hate, okay? Everything I hate is fascism. Everyone who disagrees with me is Hitler. It's not how it works, right? Because these are people who think that everything, overall progressives think everything, I mean literally everything that they don't like is hate. So I think that makes them kind of poor arbiters of what is or isn't hate. I mean, they're really creative, but they're not creative enough to use the mute and block button on Twitter. Just, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, they don't have a, again, none of them, they got mad, angrier over this than they did the Iranian religious leader who rapes, has women raped if they protest against having their hair correctly covered. It's just, so, he's in a, he's there, they're never meet your heroes, people. They're Karens. Rock is, is, oh, is Rock dead? They're killing it. They're killing it. Stop. For the love. It's already dead. Stop. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, before we go to break, do I have time for this? I'm going to do it. This is audio somebody for. So the, in Fiji, their rugby team, this is amazing. They sing hymns before their matches particularly one that translates to my prayer and so they go they're on the pitch before the match starts and they actually sing and they sound amazing and they did it at the rugby world cup uh this was just from like uh what i think about you know 10 days ago listen to this they're amazing they sound amazing
Does anybody else hear this and be like, why can't my church go It's amazing. They do that every, for every minute. What an exercise in witness, man. And they sound amazing. This is so awesome. And there's, there are, there are so many videos through the years of them doing this. I think that's so awesome that they do it. I mean, you got to be the other team, by the way. What a boss move. Are you getting ready to start your match and you go out and do that? I'd be afraid I was going to be annihilated if I was in the other team. Like, oh my gosh. That's, that's awesome. It's Fiji rugby team. Well done, gents. All right, we've got today in stupidity on the way. And we're going to finish out the Thanksgiving Eve Eve show. So you don't want to miss. Stick with us right back after this. And make sure that you go sign up for Chapter and Verse. That is my newsletter at Substack. A lot of good stuff over there. Take advantage of. And uh, we are rolling through, finishing up our third hour here. Now, just a, some prog- a programming note. Uh, because it's Thanksgiving week, I'm going to be back behind the mic with you on Monday. I was going to try to come in tomorrow, actually. And Kane snitched on me because he's a snitch. And snitches get stitches. Just, you know, theoretically. Yeah. So the uh, so I was. And then they're like, oh, go ahead and take the day. Go ahead and take the day. So, but I, but, you know, as we always do every Thanksgiving, we're so grateful for all of you out there who listen you know, every, every day and who've been on this journey with us and have this, you know, have this fun three hours, this fun afternoon of fellowship. Because it's been, I mean, we all went through a lockdown together. And then now we're, we went, we're going through all this economic turmoil together. We're going through all this, you know, crazy election stuff and everything else together. This weird time of division and hyper tribalism. And I'm glad and I'm grateful this Thanksgiving that we get to go through it together. And you guys know I don't get like fuzzy, warm and fuzzy very often. So, you know, when it happens, remember it because it don't happen too often. But we are very grateful for all of you who uh, choose to spend your time with us. And we're grateful. I'm also grateful that, you know, for those people who subscribe to Chapter and Verse, it's now, I mean, it's one of the top uh, newsletters on Substack. And we have... Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of subscribers and you all make it so enjoyable and as you can see we're already changing a few things there and so we're very very just very happy and very grateful for all of your support so thank you guys so much I wanted to save you with you know some good news too because there's so much bad news out there I was reading the story of how there was this uh, citizen a new citizen from Cuba who's so excited he has this viral video out and he is a UPS driver, and he got his first paycheck as an American, Yol Diaz. And he had this Instagram video. His wife, Marissa, shot it. And he said, in Cuba, you would get a paycheck, and you would never improve. He said, it's the same every day, year after year. He goes, this time I can finally dream, and I can help my family. And this is the first step in a new life. And I was thinking about this. I had a friend who just last weekend took the oath to become a, an American citizen, naturalized American citizen. And it, and it brings me back to what I've always said, that it doesn't matter 
Now, you can't go to France and be French, and you can't go to Cuba and be Cuban, and you, you can't go to Spain and be Spanish, you can't go to Italy and be Italian, but you can come to the United States of America, and you can become American because it's not language, and it's not ethnicity, and it's not a religion or anything else that unites people. The common denominator is that animating spirit of liberty, that wish, that desire to be free, and that's what makes someone an American. And there are people who are still risking their lives to come here to the United States. And as long as there are good people who appreciate and understand truth, as long as there are good people, like this guy in Utah, he jumped into an icy river to save a woman who tried committing suicide, and it happened at the same spot where he dated his first wife. Yeah. Where it, yeah. I mean, as long as there are good people willing and doing good things out there, and as... There, I, I think that that's one, and as long as there are people who want to be free, I think that you're always going to have that preserved. And there's enough good people in this world to preserve it. So I want you to, to take heart this Thanksgiving because it's, it's, imagine it's 1944 and you're on your way to Berlin. Think of it like that. If that helps you put it in perspective. It's, you know, it's, it's, we are very, very lucky that we live in a nation where we can, and within each generation, we can push and we can continue the fight for freedom and we can have impact.